Welcome to the Melton Forge Works podcast. I'm going to take you along on my day-to-day adventures in bladesmithing and blacksmithing. I'll be talking about the people involved in the craft and the tools and the methods that go along with it. So thanks for listening. Hey there, everybody. It's January 23rd of 2023, and I thought I would go ahead and knock out a podcast for January. I'm going to try to do at least one a month. I think that's a goal that I can stick to this year and uh, probably surpass, but um, I want to do at least one podcast a month, just kind of have a place where I sit down and chat and talk about uh, what I've been doing for that month and uh, maybe, uh, you know, what I'm thinking about for the future months ahead. So anyway, in the last episode, I talked a lot about the mini swage, uh, the little mini swage block that I worked on with Charles at Atlas Knife and Tool. It was a huge success and um, I, I'm I'm still getting re- requests for more of those. Uh, Unfortunately, right now, I don't have any information about when more are coming uh, other than the fact that they are coming. So uh, another batch of the version one blocks is coming. And the reason I call those version one blocks is that I've recently submitted a design uh, to Charles and the Foundry for the second version. And uh, I want to have Hopefully, I want to have a total of four blocks made over time. And um, so this second block is going to have features that are different from the first. And uh, I'd like for each block to kind of have a theme or uh, a separate purpose, with the end result being that if you get all the blocks together, you can put all four of them together in one stand or in one spot and basically have the functionality of a large full-size swage block with the uh, modular capabilities of these mini blocks where you can flip them around, change the configuration, move them around in your shop real easy, take them with you to demonstrations and stuff like that. Um, Just to have kind of a, a mini swage block system, for lack of a better way to put it, And so the second block is hopefully going to get done this year. Um, I think I can probably do one new block a year. It takes a long time to do those, but I think that's a a realistic goal to to try to tackle. And so that second block is hopefully on the way, and it's going to have an axe drifting slot, a larger hardy slot, and uh, some different forms around the edges, but it'll be the exact same five by five by two form factor of the first block. And so I've been spending a little time on that, uh, doing the uh, design work and the 3D print prototyping where I uh, make some design changes and then print a block out, get it in my hands, take it out to the shop, move it around to different places and, and really try to get a feel for how this thing would be as an actual steel swage block. And so I, I finally settled on, on a design and sent that off and uh, anxiously am now waiting word back uh, for whether or not my design idea is going to actually uh, be able to be turned into a cast tool. So um, I'll post more information about that, uh, obviously, on my Instagram uh, account 
as I know more about it. And I, I get a lot of people sending me, me sending me messages that say things like, hey, would you add me to the list for the next batch of swage blocks? And while I would love to do that, I just, I can't keep up with a list of people that I'm then going to have to go through that list and individually reach out and communicate and say, hey, uh, you know, the the blocks are going to be here on March the 1st. Here's, you know, more info. Um, it's just not feasible for me to keep up with the with the number of people that are asking, which is a good problem to have. But it's just not feasible for me to try to keep up with it that way. So to everybody out there that's curious about the swage blocks or who, if you missed out on the first round of them, just, just pay attention to my social media. You know, check in with me once a week or so, and uh, you should be able to find out more about when they're coming. I mentioned uh, 3D printing a minute ago when I was talking about the uh, printing of the swage block prototypes. And uh, at the end of last year, in December, I ordered a new 3D printer uh, from a company called Bamboo Labs. And uh, this is a what's called a Core XY 3D printer. It's different than others in the way that it moves the print head and the bed around. And it is insanely fast. It's ridiculously fast. And it has a capability of... Uh, printing four different colors. So you can you can have multicolor models uh, come off the print bed without having to change filament manually. It does all the filament changing uh, itself. And, and again, it's super, super fast. Um, just to give you a frame of reference, when I was printing the 3D swage blocks last year for the version one block, I was printing those on an Ender 3 uh, printer and it would take about 19 hours to print one of those blocks. And this new Bamboo Labs printer will do it in about four. So it, it shaves all kinds of time off of that part of the process, which allows me to prototype things a little faster. So uh, I've been spending a lot of the first couple of weeks of January really not in the blacksmith shop as much, but really just sitting at my desk, uh, learning a little bit more about 3D design and um, figuring out ways to use this new printer and uh, printing a bunch of stuff. And so I've, I've been doing primarily 3D printing the past few weeks and uh, I spent a little time learning some software called Shaper 3D, which is just another design program. Um, it's it's pretty nice in that it's got an iPad uh, counterpart where you can use the pencil uh, on an iPad, the Apple Pencil, and you can use that to draw some of your designs, which, uh, which depending on what kind of design you're working on, being able to draw it can be pretty nice and, and helpful. So I've been playing with that an awful lot, still printing the, the little anvils out and getting my little box of printed anvils uh, replenished and uh, ready so I can ship anvils out whenever I ship a box of forged items. Um, I had a lot of Christmas orders that I knocked out right before the new year, obviously. And um, just like last year, January is kind of a slow year. Everybody's kind of blown their budget around Christmas time. And so uh, the orders really don't come flying in during the month of January. Uh, plus, I've kept my 
web store, mostly in a sold out state so that I'm able to spend the time working on the 3D print stuff that I was interested in uh, and not get overwhelmed with orders. But I turned the web store items back up the other day. I kind of replenished the stock numbers and noticed just a few orders coming in here and there, kind of trickling in, which I'm really okay with right now because, um, to be honest, I, I got I got burned out uh, with the blacksmith work in the last few months. Uh, I did a pretty good push through October and November and into December. I was gonna. I had planned to take a, a light December and to and to basically not try to kill myself making a bunch of uh, orders for Christmas, and I wound up doing that anyway. And so, really, the last few weeks, I've just not really had the desire to go and do a whole lot of forging or or, or blacksmithing, and um, and so that's another reason why I've been spending a lot of my time here at the computer working on 3d prints it's just it's been a nice diversion it's letting me get my mind kind of reoriented and uh to just step away and take a break from the from the blacksmithing you know you can you can get burned out in in any hobby or business you know if you let it become drudgery you know if you if you let the task become just another thing that you have to do rather than something you really enjoy doing, um, you can burn out real quick. And, and to be honest, that's what I did last, the last part of last year, the last part, I would say the last quarter of 2022, I, I really let it become strictly a business and, uh, not so much about, uh, personal enjoyment and, um, and it burned me out a little bit. So I'm just taking some time away from the blacksmith shop and from forging and pounding on steel just to kind of, uh, get my, uh, desire and drive to do that again, to, to come back. Um, I'm thinking ahead to the things that are going to be happening this year. Uh, I know that I'm going to have a table at blade show this year and I want to have some, I want to have some stuff to put on the table, you know? And so, um, I got to get motivation to do that. And, uh, in order to have that motivation for that push, that amount of work that I'm going to need to do, um, I need to take a break. And so that's what I'm doing right now. I'm taking a break and getting ready for a big push. Um, and when it comes to blade show, you know, I'm not, I'm not planning on taking knives, Really, I'm going to take a few things. I'm probably going to take a, a couple of hammers, an axe, maybe a knife or two. But I'm hoping to have a bunch of swage blocks with me and then a lot of the kit um, things that I've made in the last year. I'm hoping to take a bunch of bottle opener blanks and coffee scoop kits. And I've got some other ideas for kit items that I'd like to bring with me just to have um, a table full of things for other people that like to do forging and, uh, and kind of gear my table in, you know, around mostly around the things that I talk about on Instagram, so to speak. Um, but I'm going to be at blade show with a table right next to my buddy, Chris Crawford. 
uh, who is just a phenomenal pocket knife maker. You've t- you've heard me talk about him before. But um, Chris and I are, are going to be close to each other so that we can watch each other's tables. You know, uh, if one of us has to leave and run to the bathroom or something, uh, one of us will be able to watch the other's table. So um, I'm looking forward to that. That's going to be a whole lot of fun. Can't wait for that. Um, the Mississippi Forge Council is gearing up again to do a... Uh, uh, what do you call it, a conference this year. So um, as soon as I hear information about that, I'll put that out. I would really love to see people come and travel to uh, to a conference here in Mississippi. That would be just great. I would love to see a big crowd here for that. So I'm going to try to help promote that. Um, if you're interested in coming to meet me or coming to see more about blacksmithing in Mississippi, that would be a great time to do it. Probably be sometime in... Uh, in the spring here. And then, um, in, I think it's April every year, the Batson bladesmithing symposium happens over in Alabama. And I always like to try to get over there, uh, if I can, and this year will be no difference, uh, different. I'm going to try to get over there for that and, uh, get to meet people and learn some new stuff and just hang out. Uh, but that's really, that's really it for me. That's what I've been up to the last month or two is just a lot of 3D printing and, and trying to just take a break and get reinvigorated. So uh, I'm going to wrap this up. This will be a short episode so that uh, maybe I'll be motivated to do another episode next week. But um, anyway, thanks for listening. Talk to you later. Bye. <laughs> so I didn't get to uh, another episode the following week. Uh, nor did I get to one the week after that. I think uh, today's February the third, so I've already I've already missed my goal to do one podcast per month. But I thought I would add, I thought I would add just another uh, segment to this show here at the end, and just kind of catch up on the last couple of weeks. Um, still haven't done a whole lot in the shop. For one, it has been just awful weather lately. I mean. I think we've gotten like six feet of rain or something crazy like that. I'm, I'm exaggerating, but we have gotten a lot of rain in Mississippi over the last couple of weeks. And uh, it's been cold as well, and so it's just not been a whole lot of fun to trot out to the shop. And um, besides that, I still just haven't been super motivated to go out and do a whole lot of blacksmithing right now. Um, I am working through a few orders here and there that come in, but uh, really the last couple of weeks have been dedicated to finishing uh, one more 3D print project, which um, by the time you're listening to this, it'll be out and it's not um, a secret or anything, but uh, I've been working on a a tire hammer model in 3D. So um, about a year ago, probably, um, I started to design a little miniature tire hammer in 3D as, as a way to learn a little bit about 3D design and using 3D design for, uh, for printing. And, uh, anyway, I, I got, I got into it a little bit. I got most of the model done and modeled and some of it printed. And then I kind of lost interest and just didn't get back to it until now, which has been at least a year, I think, since I started that. And uh, anyway, so I, I spent the last couple of weeks working a lot on finishing that model. So 
Um, I would guesstimate at this point, I've got well over 50, 60 hours in this project. And, uh, and so initially what I did was I finished the first one. I finished the prototype. So I, uh, I designed little parts to finish the first one and I got it put together and then I started to look at it and I thought, you know, that was kind of fun building this little model kit. Um, I wonder if anybody else would be interested in, you know, having a little model kit to put together of a tire hammer. And so I went back and I redesigned every part so that, uh, one, it would print nicely, and two, uh, that it would assemble easily or, or rel relatively easily. And so um, I went back and redesigned all the parts and printed each part probably a half a dozen to a dozen times trying to work out you know, how to orient the part on the bed for the best print, um, trying to get good surface finish, which is challenging with some of the small parts. Um, and then to work out, you know, what color filaments to use and all this kind of stuff. And so anyway, in the end, I wound up coming up with a, with a model that has around 40 to 45 parts uh, that, that I am shipping out, you know, as a kit and you can use, uh, like a soldering iron or super glue and you can put your own little tire hammer kit together. Um, and, uh, once I got the kit finished and, and I built a couple of them from the parts, um, the first thing I did was I reached out to Clay Spencer and I said, Hey Clay, you know, I'm, I've been working on these plastic models and um, now I've had some people reach out after I posted the first picture of the prototype I had a few people reach out and ask if I was going to sell it and then I decided to make it a kit rather than a finished model and so I reached out to Clay and said hey this is what I'm thinking of doing you know I'd like I'd like to sell these as a kit and because they are so close to his plans I literally designed most of the parts off of his plans because they're so close to his plans. I wanted to get his blessing on it. You know, I didn't want, I didn't want to put these things out for sale and then find out that clay didn't appreciate that, you know, which could have been possible. Um, because he's put a lot of effort into those tire hammer plans. And, um, and so anyway, I reached out to clay and just told him what I was thinking and said, Hey, would, would you mind if I sold these as a, as a model kit, you know? And, um, and he gave me his blessing, said, said, absolutely go ahead. You know, I feel like people that do you know, this kind of work should get paid for it. And so, yeah, so I, I went ahead and turned it into a, a formal product and put it out in the web store with two different, uh, types, one with a red model, a uh, red motor and one with a blue motor. And, um, and then, uh, tried to work out pricing. You know, and so I started figuring up. If you go to the Prusa website, I got this tip from Glenn Viveros. So, Glenn, thank you. If you're listening to this, I, I really appreciate it. If you go to uh, the Prusa website, and Prusa is a very well-known 3D printing company, but they have a, uh, a, a cost calculator for how to price 
you know, 3D prints for sale. And so what you do is you go in there and you, you, you put in, you put in how many hours it took you, you know, what your material costs are, what your prep cost is, what your post-processing time is for cleaning up the pieces. And then it, you know, it, you put in figures for what you estimate your labor time to be worth or what your time to be worth. And then it spits out a figure, you know, and you can use that to kind of break down what you think you should price your models at. And so I also looked at some other people that were selling uh, 3D printed models and 3D printed model kits. There's a lot of people out there that are selling really cool uh, 3D printed automobile kits, like for custom uh, cars and stuff. Most of those are resin prints. Um, but anyway, um, and, and I priced my kit uh, accordingly, um, which is, I priced it at $100 for the kit, which is expensive. I get it. It's expensive for a little toy model kit that's going to sit on the shelf. Um, but I also spent a lot of time developing a build guide, an instruction manual for how to put it together. And then that's 47 pages of pictures and tips on how to build the model. And, uh, so anyway, you know, I, I didn't figure I would sell very many at that price, but, and, and really I, I didn't put this product out in the website imagining that, that I would just make a, a ton of money off of it. I put it out there just because, uh, for one, I wanted, I wanted to make it into a kit. I just thought it'd be really cool. I spent a lot of time as a, as a kid watching my father put, uh, military model kits together. My father was extremely good at, at making these uh, military uh, dioramas of war scenes, you know, with tanks and airplanes and little soldiers and stuff. He was, he was super good at it. And so I watched him build those models as a kid and I built a few of those and I just thought, man, how cool would it be to have a plastic model kit where at the end of it, you have a, a little tire hammer and the tire hammer actually works. You know, it's got a rotating, uh, you can rotate the wheel and raise the, the ram up and down and the spring mechanism works. I don't, I don't have it set so that the treadle really does anything, um, but, the, but the mechanism works. And so anyway, I wound up at that price point figuring that, you know, I wouldn't sell very many and that's fine. It was kind of just a fun to do project. But I wound up, I think I sold six. So that was great. You know, I mean, that, that helped me, that made me feel better about all that time that I spent um, building that model. Um, and I'm excited to see what people do with the kits. You know, I think at least a couple of people have told me that they're going to paint their model kit to match their real tire hammer. And, uh, and so that's going to be really cool. I can't wait to see that. Um, and then I went back at the end and uh, I made up a couple of kits. I sent one to Curtis Herman, who does all the parts for the tire hammer classes in Louisiana. I sent one, obviously, I sent one to Clay. Uh, he, he got the first one. He got the very first one that was made from a kit. And uh, then I sent one down to John Perilou, who hosts the uh, tire hammer build classes. And uh, just because, you know, and then when then what I did was I took the kit and I retrofitted the parts in some of the places to put together the original Clay Spencer tire hammer, which is a 50-pound model that looks a little different. Um, the, the model kit that I put together was for the what's called the heavy 
Clay Spencer tire hammer. It has a 70 pound ram and a much larger anvil post. But so I, I went back and made the original tire hammer, and then I sent that to uh, Raymond Head over in Alabama, who makes those original version of the Clay Spencer tire hammers. I think he's made like 185 of those original tire hammers the last I checked. So anyway, I just I sent the finished models to a few of those guys who are really influential in the tire hammer market just because I thought it would be fun to do so and I knew that they would appreciate it you know um, so anyway that's what I've been up to since I intended to put this out as January's podcast uh, this is going to be a January February podcast um, but um, I had a little drama on Instagram right after I posted the model kit I had some guy reach out to me and and kind of mouth off about the price and about the quality of my work and all this kind of stuff. And so I was genuinely uh, curious as to what what he thought was wrong with the model, you know. And so I said, hey, you know, your, your account is private. I tried to follow you to see, you know, some of your 3D prints to see what you're talking about. Um, but, you know, I couldn't see anything. Do you have an example of, you know, what you would call a a really high quality print because he was going on about how my print quality was terrible and all this kind of stuff, which it's not. Um, but anyway, um, so he sent me some pictures that were just kind of ridiculous. Um, and then all of a sudden just said, I'm going to rip this off and I'm going to sell it for 25 bucks, which is great. You know, go for it, buddy. Knock yourself out. I hope you do well. Um, but, um, anyway, I'm just <laughs> It was kind of funny. It's this one guy, you know, everybody else, I posted this thing out and got a lot of really cool feedback and um, what, I, what I figured would happen, which I thought, I thought people would appreciate it because it's a really neat little model. And then you get this one bozo who uh, kind of goes off the rails. And, you know, isn't it funny that, you know, all the people that thought it was cool, I appreciated those comments. But the one comment that sticks with me the longest is uh, is this uh, bozo on the internet who you know just decides to be trollish, and uh, so I got to thinking about that, and you know it was just a good opportunity for me to sit and reflect on uh, the nature of social media and um, and how we allow it to affect us in positive or negative ways. And for me, I think social media should be a tool that's used for positivity and for positive outcomes and for helping each other and for being part of a cool community and all that good stuff. And, um, and so when I, when, when I, when I'm the subject of that kind of behavior, I I don't have a problem calling it out, you know, and, and posting it as a story. Um, and so and I started to do that today and I realized that like in the first couple of screenshots that I had posted with some of the stuff from this guy's silly conversation had his name in it. So I went back and deleted those posts and then kind of removed his name and tried to anonymize the conversation because uh, I don't want anybody following me to think that I think it's okay to go after somebody just because they were, you know, a bozo like that but um anyway it was just interesting to uh to to deal with some of the lesser fun parts of social media 
uh, in the last 24 hours. But yeah, so enough of that. That's that's all I've been up to. Uh, this is going to wrap up this episode. Thank you so much to everybody that's been listening to the podcast. I truly and utterly appreciate it. And I'll see you next time. Bye. Well, one last thing I just remembered here at the end. If you like podcasts like this about blacksmithing, bladesmithing, and metalwork, and that kind of stuff, go check out a new one, the Good Old Blades podcast. It's by Aaron Lavere and Chris Crawford. Chris Crawford is a lifetime friend of mine. We both got into bladesmithing together uh, 20 some odd years ago. Chris is a great pocket knife maker and uh, they've put a new podcast out. I think their uh, first episode just dropped and I think I'm going to be in like the third or fourth episode. But anyway, um, I had a good time talking to those guys and a good time listening to their first episode. So if you want more content like uh, like this, well, not necessarily like this. You know, my podcast is completely and highly unedited and unpolished and theirs is quite uh, polished and edited and sounds great. So uh, yeah, if you want to listen to more content like this uh, around bladesmithing and blacksmithing, uh, go listen to them and stop listening to me ramble. See y'all. Bye.